morning and welcome to Acceleration with you and, and say, wow, this is what I learned. And it becomes a, a study guide for you all week long, all the scriptures and the, the, the little points that you're going to fill out, the fill in the blanks, all of that. So you do need a pen, so raise your hand. Did somebody help you with yours? You got yours? Okay, great. For Mother's Day or came out. Wow, y'all know how to fill up a row. So glad to have you guys here this morning. Welcome. And for all the visitors, all those who are here for the very first time, so glad to have you. If you would, inside your welcome packet, there is a connection card. If you would just simply take that little card out um, and fill it out. At the end of service, you're going to turn it in. Over here, we have a VP again. MVP again. He came and worked with me. So right over here, we have a brand new welcome center right there where Miss Irma is. And so we have a special gift that we've prepared for you. So if you would, you're going to meet Pastor Carolyn and Marcelina over there after service, and they're going to give you your special gift and receive your card from you. So um, hold on to it until the end of the service, and you're going to take it right over there. And once again, welcome you. We're so glad you came today. We realized you had a choice about where you'd worship. We believe the Spirit of God sent you here. So if he sent you here, we believe he's got special plans for you, some special things he wants to put in your heart today. Amen. So just just let everything go, you know, that you came in with. You know how you can have a fight before church when you can't find your comb? You can only find one shoe. Oh, I really wanted to wear those shoes. And you're frustrated, aggravated, you know, just whatever happened this morning on the way. Got into a fuss with your family member. Y'all see y'all here just looking straight ahead like, don't you dare touch my leg. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got enough fuss on the way, forgot all about that Jesus sticker on the back of your car on the way while you were driving. Let's just shake all that off and remember that we're Christians, we're believers, and we're here to receive the Word of God this morning, all right? All right, praise the Lord. Well, I'm super excited. On Tuesday nights, we have what we call Celebrate Recovery, and this is for anyone who's dealing with a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, alcohol or drug-related or anything like that, although it does include Celebrate Recovery. You know, hurt, habits, hang-ups, just anything that you've been hurt by, uh, you've gone through a breakup, a divorce, you've got fired from a job. It's not just for, you know, bad things that are happening. Just maybe you're having an emotional issue out into freedom. God wants us to be free, right? So we shouldn't be doing stuff, and we get nowhere. We're just going around and around and around. God wants us to chart a path and a course towards victory. And so that's what celebrate. All right, if you would heard right now, we're going to make a faith declaration in agreement with God's word. Amen. That our hearts are ready to receive. And so just hold on to your note sheet and just sort of hold it in the air because we're honoring the fact that the, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's not like words written in any other book. When you read the Bible, it reads you back. You, the God is able to speak to you. You're able to hear the voice of God when you hear the word of God. So the word is very important in our lives. Most of the time when God speaks to us, he speaks to us through the Bible, through his word. Amen. And so right now, we declare that every ear is open to hear the spirit of God speak. That every heart is uncluttered and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything. God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say, you better manage yourself. Amen. Amen. Better manage yourself. (laughs) 
All right, praise the Lord. Well, open up your note sheets and let's get started with the word. Now, as I mentioned, so we want us to live an abundant life. John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I have come that they may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. He says, that's why I came. I came to give you an abundant life, eternal life. But while you're here, how many of you know he doesn't want you to live in a raggedy, ratchet life? He wants you to live an above-only life. He wants you to live a life of, uh, that's prospering in your heart right through any circumstance. And so we want to have the whole prosperity of God going in our lives because why? That's what he came to give us. Amen. And so we're focusing this entire year on fruitfulness. We've been chosen by God consecrated by God to be fruitful in our lives. That's why we're wearing these fruitfulness, uh, tremendous fruitfulness bracelets. And for those of you who are him first and everything else revolves around it. So we have to call And as we cultivate that, that God first life. So this month in May, we're focused on managing ourselves. It's managing myself May. Amen. So we're managing ourselves. So last week we introduced this, this uh, topic that we're looking at this entire month called managing myself. Say, I got to manage myself. Deuteronomy 30:19. God says, I call heaven and earth as witness against you today or today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both you and our life is made up of the choices and the habits that we make. And uh, whether we have God in our life and whether we have a God consciousness and whether we have the word in our no fun. And that is exactly the opposite. God wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy your life. Any fences he puts around you that he says don't is for your own good. Amen. And so now choose life. He gives you the answer to the, to the quiz. Now choose life so that you and your descendants, so the life that you live and the fruit that you bear will affect more than just you. It affects your children. It affects pe- people in your family, people who are all around you. It affects, it affects others around you. So remember that the choices that you make and the way that you manage yourself affects other people. So the good news in this scripture is that wherever not to do God's so Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. Look at this. Like a city whose walls are broken down. Wow, that's a house that has no defenses. So if you lack self control, if you're not managing yourself, then you're like a house that has no defenses. The um, Passion translation says, if you live without restraint and are unable to control your temper, you're as helpless as a city with broken down defenses open to attack. So this is really important. I want to talk to you about managing your, your, your anger and your temper for just a moment. Then we're going to get on to managing stress. Because that's something we all have to deal with. But anger, you know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. How many of you, it's just easy to go from zero to I'm all the way angry, like real quick. Come on, come on. Don't lie. Don't lie. You're in church. Come on. Traffic will get me angry like I can't believe I just got as angry as I did over somebody who just wouldn't let me out. It happens. It still happens. Even though you know Jesus, love me some Jesus, but I can still get real angry in the traffic. But it's not good for me to do that because then I can can do something stupid. Amen? So we we make sure we get all the stupid out of us. So number one, we have to manage our emotions rather than allow them to be part just like God is. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. So your spirit is the real you. It's the part that's going to live forever. While you're here, you have a soul. That's your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotion, your imagination. 
You have all of that, but, but, but you live in a body. So um, the part that we must manage is that soul area. We got to manage that soul area, that mind, that will, that intellect, that emotion. I got to manage anger. I got to manage what I let my heart do. I got to, you know, set a guard on my heart. I got to watch what comes in through my ears because it eventually goes in my heart. And that's what I'm going to think on. So you become what you think. So don't let the sun go down your wrath. Verse 27, nor give. And so he has the ability to kind of throw that door and come on in because your defenses are down. When you're angry, you know, when you get angry, sometimes you get temporarily insane. You, you will have a moment of temporary insanity when you get angry sometimes. So we have to manage our, our anger. Married couples, don't go to bed angry. Talk about it before you go to bed. Get it worked out before you go to bed. And some stuff gets so big that you can't work it out that quick. But here's what you do. You put it on the shelf. And say, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to wait for a, a more opportune time. I'm going to wait for a, a moment that, that uh, she's willing to listen. You know, my first pastor and his, whoo, my first pastor, was, he was rough. He was a good pastor, but he was, he was rough. You could get you the opportunity. It's like me just all of a sudden, Tracy, catch. And I throw a ball at her. It just hits her. Wait a minute, I wasn't ready to receive. Does that make sense? You got to let him get ready to receive. So she would sit in that blue chair, and I don't know how long he left, but he, until he could get himself straightened out, and he'd say, okay. Do we need to talk about something? And she'd be able to talk about it. With, so this, this would give her a, a moment to kind of, you know, get herself calmed down so that she could talk about it in a way because men, men can't handle all that. Give me that foot. Come on, give me that foot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But don't go to bed angry. It, it, it leaves the door open for the devil. Amen. All right, number two, unmanaged emotion creates a place for the enemy to manipulate us. We don't want to be manipulated. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. So manipulate. Put manipulate in your blank. The passage translation of Ephesians 4.26 says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not, not for even a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. So when you don't control emotions, you don't control anger, you, don't, you, you leave the door open for the devil to manipulate you. Genesis 4, 5 through 7. Listen, Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. Why? He, he and his brother broke, both brought offerings to God. So um, Abel's offering was accepted by God because he brought the first of his flock. He brought the very best, the first and the best. Everything that's first belongs to God, right? So he brought the first to God, but, but Cain's offering was not accepted but Abel's was so Cain got real upset that he was not accepted and how many times do we get angry or get upset but what happened was that that Cain lost his temper look and and wait for you ready to pounce it's out to get you but what you've got to master it would you underline that on your note sheet you've got to master it so you have to master emotions that would get you out of the will of God out of acting like God out of thinking like God you get these emotions that draw you out and you don't even act like yourself. So we have, to, we have to master it. And you know what? Nobody can do it for you. You know, it's Mother's Day today. And isn't that what mothers are? Diapers, manage, you know, you getting to school, manage you getting to practice and, and to games on time. They're, they're just managers. So, so at, at some point, mama stops managing you and then you're left to manage. You can't wait for the day you can manage yourself. And then you get that first bill in the mail. <gasps> Real life has happened. <laughs> Hold on, mama. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so moms are, 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 are master managers. 
And so ultimately it's what we choose. Okay, now let's look at number two, managing stress. I was looking at a New York, New York Post survey that uh, said of 2,000 American moms analyzed their weekly schedule. The average daily start time for mom is 6.23 a.m. And the average ending time was 8.31. That's a fort that, yeah, Bob, that's a whole lot of stuff, right? So when they asked what they couldn't live without, they said, number one, coffee. Number two, nap times. Hello, you get a, you get a little break when it's nap time. Number three, they could not live without an effective, angry voice. <laughs> number four, wine. <laughs> Babysitters. Netflix, wet wipes, drive-through meals, iPads, and toys. Have iPads just been a lifesaver, Mom? Or here, just take my phone. Just, so praise God. So, so moms are masters at handling stress. And uh, so they, they, they have to learn how to just learn how to manage things. But it can be stressful. Moms, wave at me if it can be stressful. No me time. It can be stressful at times. So have y'all learned how to manage stress? Thank you. Okay, so we all have opportunities to get stressed, right? So let's look at the definition of stress. Stress is pressure or tension, a state of mental or emotional pain resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. So when you, you're in a circumstance where it just feels like pressure, feels like the walls are closing in, it just feels like it's just, it's just you're under a lot of stress. Things are going on, and you feel like you, you're on a rat wheel whatever and you just can't get out of it um stressful jobs anybody got a stressful job at one point i looked at at what were some of them yeah so i photographed so i would do like a thousand squats a day because i would squat down to where the camera level was and get framed and focused on where i thought i was going to be then i'd run over and i put them back in place and then i go back over here and then i got a frame and focus. okay they're good they're ready to go all right ready see if you can bite my finger no you can't bite my finger and snap the picture as quick as i can you know and that's just one pose and then we go on to the next pose and the next background, and we do it all again. I squat and get the little darling all set up and go back to the camera and squat again. How many of you know when you're doing that kind, of, that kind of stuff, you know, your legs are tired and they won't act right? And by the end of the day, and then you do a family portrait, Lord, have mercy. Jesus, help me, God. It was so hard to get nine people to do the right thing at the same moment. And people would come with such an expectation you know, they've waited for the appointment. Sometimes they wait six months to get an appointment, and this is their one-year-old picture. We have timed it just right. And they, on another day, or I'd have to schedule an extra appointment on a day when I really was already maxed out on my time and how, how, how I was able to do it, it was a stressful job. Sometimes I'd be doing a family portrait, and I'd see somebody getting out of line or not doing what they're supposed to do, and you're just trying to get them all to do the right thing at the same time and just look cute and smile naturally. <laughs> And I'd feel my blood pressure. It's a stressful job. It's a very stressful job. Thank God I'm a pastor now. Amen. Y'all are a joy. <laughs> you just come just like you are, and it's, we'll applaud you just like you are. Praise God. You know, no trying to be perfect. But it was a stressful job, and it was hard, and I had to learn how to manage myself through that. Did I always manage? So I understand what it means to have stress and a stressful job. And so people react to stress in many different ways. Anxiety, fear. Depression, anger, frustration, outburst, short temper, WebMD, anxiety disorders, anxiety disorders, depression. I don't want ministry, the pastor, and he already prepared people ahead of time to follow me. So I had to get up with a broken heart. I had to get up in the Lord. But it was a stressful, stressful situation. And during that time, 
I became so stressed out that I had physical pain in my heart. I thought, I'm having a heart attack. And, and I, I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want anybody to worry because everybody was already worried. And, <laughs> I broke down crying and told him everything that had happened. And he said, I'll be right back. And he came and just gave me a little blue pill. I think it was a little Valium or something. He gave it to me, and I took it, and, and he left me alone for a minute. I was out gone i hadn't been able to sleep hadn't been able to eat i was in distress had had me just i was just barely a thread hanging on and that little pill got me back together i slept so good for an hour i slept now here i am i'm a, a faith woman woman of faith but the stress on me was so hard i could not take it so i took that pill slept for an hour i woke up feeling like a new woman he said here's six of them i said oh good <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm only giving you six because I don't want you to get hooked on these. Just when you get through this thing, stop taking them. And that's what I did. Well, I wouldn't even take a whole one. When I feel a little bit of pain, that pain in my heart, that stress that was causing me physical. It, if you don't handle stress, it can physically take you out. My doctor said you're looking at a stroke or a heart attack if you don't get control of this depression and you need to take something for a, for a while. Or even if you're on it, for, for who cares? Thank God that we live in an era where we can do that. Now, I'm fully in ex- expectation of a miracle because I believe he's still a wonder-working God. He's still a miracle-working God. So I only had to take the medication until I was, um, you know, over my crisis. And, but but, but it, there is something going on that God's word, amen, and learn how to manage stress, how to get through it. Because God, God's got the stress because fear, okay? Because I was in such a stressed-out situation, my mind was working overtime. And I was thinking, well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Oh, my gosh. And if this happens, then I'm really going to be in trouble. What in the world am I going to do? And so I had to begin to get control of my thoughts because my thoughts were just taken over. All right. Look at at Psalm 94, 19. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, multitude of anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. So God will comfort you through a season like that. All right. Then number two, we must manage our thoughts through stressful and fearful situations. So that's really where the, where the, the, where the battle is going to be is in your mind. Is how am I going to handle these stressful thoughts? I've got to identify where the thought's coming from. Amen. Because the, the devil gives you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. This is where the devil will, will attack you. He cannot come with a pitchfork and a little red suit. He attacks you in the arena of your mind. So you have to identify. He comes with what's called a spirit of fear. Fear, fear is not natural to you. That is not, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So he comes to plant fear so you won't get in faith. Because what's the victory that overcomes the world? Our faith. So anything to keep you out of faith and from moving forward, he just plants a little f- fear seed in your mind, and then you nurture that thing and grow it into full-blown anxiety. Amen. I know for me, memorizing license plates, then I realized I was counting everything. If it was my steps, if I was taking stuff out of the dishwasher, it all got counted. I thought, and I realized one day, why am I counting everything? What is going on? But those are things that you do to soothe yourself from the anxiety. And then there was definitely some PTSD, a bit of everything, you know, going on um, because of that one situation. So when my busy, look at, look at, look at this in the passion passage translation, it, it, passion translation it says whenever my busy thoughts were out of control do you know that your busy thoughts can get out of control 
Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the Romans 8, 6, it says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So my mind has to be managed or governed by the spirit and not by my flesh. The Bible says, I know this, that in my flesh dwells no good thing. So if I'm living by my flesh, I am not going to be managing myself right. I got to be managed by the spirit of God. So we can't be imagining things. You know, we can imagine a whole lot of stuff. And that's the area of of your makeup that God has given you so that you can dream to another level. You can imagine yourself into that that area that you're using your faith to move into. You use your imagination, and then that begins to trigger your your mind. I was seeing about God wants me to do this. I began to see it everywhere. See, that's the reason that God gives you your imagination, so that you can move forward in faith. It's part of of the component of faith, that you meditate day and night, and then you make your own way prosperous. Are you all with me this morning? Amen. So that same area of imagination, the devil wants to get in there and get you to imagine things that could be wrong or things that could be bad or things that could just simply go wrong. And so you have to manage that area, know where the thoughts are coming from because you become what you think. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can. Amen. So we have to take stressful fearful thoughts captive thought and emotion and impulse into the structure shaped by Christ. Look at that. That is so powerful showing how we manage our thoughts. Every loose thought, we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. If it's not, if it's fear, you have to take it captive. I think I told y'all last week, I was believing God for something um, a few weeks ago. And man, as I began to set my faith towards it, a a thought would come in my mind. Well, you know, this is going to happen. I said, take that thought captive. And then five seconds later, minute by minute fight to take those fearful thoughts. When you get under stress, you get in fear. Okay. Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So God will keep me in perfect peace, but managing my mind, keeping my mind stayed on him, who he is and what his word says, that's my part. I manage that part. And then God manages keeping me in peace. Amen. All right, number three, you have to have some time. Whatever it is that you do. For Murray, it's golf. <laughs> he watches over people's money and, and people who are invested in the stock market. So the stock market can do things that are out of your control. You just have to kind of watch him. He's an expert at it of knowing what's going to happen and kind of managing according to what? Cranky. cranky people. Managing cranky. Anytime you're dealing with people, you know there's going to be stress involved, right? Especially when you're dealing with people's money. They really don't play when it comes to dealing with their money. So it can be a very it can be very st- uh, stressful. So for him, refresh time, and that was probably a terrible swing. But <laughs> on the golf course, that's where he. If he doesn't get time on the golf course, he gets cranky. He gets irritable. He gets like like he's not even himself. So he has to have time. He's he's like you know, can I go play golf? I'm like absolutely, go play. Not that he's mean to me or anything like that. Nothing like that. Just that I can tell when he's stressed out, he needs that release. So, um, so yeah, for him, it's golf. For you, it's fishing, getting your nails done, watching a game, punching. Okay. What else? Shopping. Okay, that's good. As long as you're not running the credit cards up, right? Praise the Lord. Baking. Okay, baking. What, what is it for you? What is your refresh thing? 
your thing that you have to make time for. Write it on your note sheet right there. I must make time to refresh myself. Not just, you know, doing those things. You have to, there's one, I heard like this one saying one time, it says a little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. So sometimes you just got to have a minute to just do what brings you down and just lets you just be cool. Amen? So you got to have time to refresh yourself and um, take some time to rest. Put your phone in the drawer. The world can wait. I'm with Jesus right now. I'll get back with you later. And we need time and worship, time and his word to refresh us. Amen. Amen. Acts uh, 3, is that 13 or 19? I can't read. Yeah, mine is messed up. It says times of refreshing may come from the present in God's presence. Take time to just sit in his presence, time to read his word, to pray. I can't just sit there. I'm telling you, that's just not my personality. I can barely sit for him to do my nails. I'm like, give them back. Give them back. I have to have at least one. You can have one, but I get to have one because I can't stand to just sit there. And they got both my hands, and I just have to, like, look at the paint and look at everything. I'm like, ah, I have to have something to do. So that's just, that's just me, though. I'm saying that's just me. But um, uh, can't stand that. But Acts, Acts 3.19 says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. <coughs> in Psalm 118, 5 through 6, David says this, I called on the Lord in distress. He did what in his get going in this stress mode and we don't stop. You got to just stop and say, just the Lord is on. He went from being distressed, calling on God to saying, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So I don't know what he went in fearing, but he came out feeling bulletproof. Amen. So he spent time with God. So, um, so Romans eight, six says obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God about anything, but in everything by what? Prayer and petition. That's time. My wife on Wednesdays, I'm going to pray over my job and over our finances on Thursday. I'm going to pray over the world. You know, on Friday, I'm going to pray over lost souls on Saturday. I'm going to pray over my church on Sunday. I'm going to pray for my pastor. Amen. Amen. So organize your, your prayer life. You know, so you don't feel so overwhelmed. I got to pray about everything. With Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And look what happens. Verse 7, look at this. Underline this. And the peace of God, which transcends how much understanding? All understanding will guard your hearts and my heart and my mind as I, as I release everything to God in prayer. See, we carry in some stuff we don't need to carry. What is that old song called? Uh, everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what all our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, oh, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what needless pain we suffer all because we don't bring it to God in prayer. We just messed that song all up, but we tried. We sure tried, didn't we? <laughs> so, but, but he's saying, bring it to me in prayer and let it go. Everybody go like this. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody go like this. Everybody go like this. Everybody, come on, y'all. Go like this. Everybody go like this. Ready, ready, ready? And, we, and on three, we're going to let it go. Ready? One, two, three. Let's sing the Frozen song. Ready? <laughs> so we have to learn how to let some things go. So when you go into prayer, you just let some things go. Amen? Look at First Peter 5, 7. Casting how much of your cares? All your cares, all your anxieties, all your stress, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he 
cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Wow. Well, God, if you go watch over me very carefully, I'm just going to let you stay up and worry about this, and I'm going to go to bed and go to sleep. Amen. Praise God. Look at passage translation. It says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. Look, if you had something in your hand right now and you tipped it over to pour it out, you couldn't get it to go back in. Because you poured it out. But see, many times we'll cast our cares on the Lord and we'll just go on. And then five minutes later, God, can I have that back? I really need to worry about this. And we go and we take it back and we worry over it. When he's saying, cast all of it on him because he cares for you. Amen. I I love that it says, pour all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always, drawers look like, scrambled eggs. Harvey, there's less stress throws. You've been working with me? Organized. You don't have to have a lot of stress and drama to get out the door, right? Because you're organized. Ephesians 6.15, having shod your feet with the what? Preparation of the gospel of peace. So there's peace in preparation. I know Bishop Hilliard talks about when he flies to to different cities all the time. He's in a different city, a couple of different cities. So um, when when the power went off, it's prepared. All right? Number four, we must rule over the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. You have authority over it. Rule over it. Fear for the believer is factoring the equation without God in it. Did y'all hear that? I don't think y'all, whatever stress you're in, whatever is going on, when when you get over into fear, you have factored that situation without God. So we have to put God back in it, and that'll take away the fear. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God didn't give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, of sound judgment and personal discipline. Come on, manage. You have the ability to manage yourself. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced, and self-control. Amen. You know, um, it's a, yeah, that isn't in the Amplified. Um, You know, I had a dream one time um, where, you know, I guess God, that a snake bumps. And he suddenly was like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, she's in my dream. Y'all, it doesn't sound like much to you, but I'm telling you, I was I woke up so excited and so happy. I was like, I was so, I went to work that day, and I, I used to do artwork on my prints at, at my studio, and uh, the, the lids were real hard to get off of the setting spray that you'd spray over the top off without even having to use I'm like, see, I still got some of it. <laughs> but see, God wants you to know, when you turn around and face the spirit of fear, he gets afraid. He's the one. He says, resist the enemy, and he'll flee from you. So I resist the temptation to fear. I resist it. I'm going to stand firm and stand strong. Hallelujah. So number five, we must declare our freedom. Uh, we must declare. Key word here is declare. We must declare our freedom over stress and fear. I, I declare that I am free from it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I need to hear scriptures constantly. Faith does not come by what you remember. Faith does not come by what you heard. Faith comes by what you hear on a continual basis. So you will not have faith to overcome fear or anything if you're not putting faith in you by hearing the word of God over and over. And then so it com- faith comes to me by hearing, but faith is not released until I speak something out of my mouth. So faith is released by the words of your mouth. Say that. 
Faith is released by the words of my mouth. Say it again. Faith is released by the words of my mouth. Psalm 91, 2. Listen to, listen to this. This is how David handled fear. He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him, I will trust. Now there he's kind of talking like that. But then he begins, it's now he's like he's talking as himself. But he switches it right here in verse 3 where it looks like he got in the mirror and started talking to himself. He said, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence he's talking to himself he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and buckler you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand boy but it shall not come near you only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high your dwelling place no evil shall befall you he's still talking to himself nor any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in your in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone a stone you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot look at David he was bad making a faith declaration over himself. He was in the mirror talking to himself. And you better do some talking to yourself too. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will not be afraid. If God be for me, who can be against me? Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. All things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I will not be afraid. We can't, we can't, we can't derail our destiny because of fear. So what was that? Was that number five? Okay, number six. We must trust. But see, God's got a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, Hey, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of what? Peace, not stress, and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. When he got ready to feed the 5,000, he, he turned to, um, uh, who was it? He turned to Andrew. I think it was Andrew. He turned to one of them. He said, he said, um, oh, Philip. Yeah, it was Philip. But he, he didn't say that. He said, it says, he said how, you going, how are we going to be these five people, 5,000 people? And, and Philip said, I don't know. If we saved up for a year, we couldn't get enough money to feed all these people. John 6, 6 says he already knew what he was going to do. Listen, I'm telling you in your situation that's got you stressed out, he already knows what he's going to do. You better trust that God's got a plan. If I just keep walking and trusting him, he's going to direct my steps into that plan. Hallelujah. So you declare, God, I trust you today. I trust you with all my heart. All right. Then what are we on now? Number seven. We must remind ourselves of what we know. Remind ourselves of what we know. And this is very powerful. Make you free. So when I, when I know the truth of God's word, it'll make me free from stress free from anxiety, free from fear. I can be free from these things because I know something. Ah, oh, what is it the old folks used to say? Can't make me doubt it because I know too much about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because there's some stuff that I know. There's some stuff in my spirit. It's dropped from me just thinking about it until it's down in my spirit. It's revelation to me. I know that I know that I know. So you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Romans 8, 20, 28, it says, and we... Help me preach, y'all. Come on, you can do better than that. And we 
know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So that's something that we ought to know. Hey, I'm in the middle of this mess. I'm in the middle of this stress, in the middle of this situation. But I know that God is going to make it work together for my good. What's the old song say? We'll understand it better by and by. Just keep walking. It's going to make some sense. God's going to make it. He's going to He has a way of taking a mess and turning it around into a message. He'll take a test and turn it into a testimony. So you just keep walking because I know the one I'm walking with, right? Hallelujah. Yea, though through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, it comforts me. Hallelujah. I know he's going to walk me right through this. And by the time I get through the valley to the other side of the mountain, I'll be ready to shout. He will have already made it work together for my good. So when you're in the middle of your stressful situation, there's some stuff I got to know. Hallelujah. James 1, 2 through 4. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Verse 3 says, knowing. What's that word? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I don't like this. I don't understand this. But God, I'm accounted all joy because you're working something in me. While things are not working out, come on, just don't let the storm get on the inside of you. Jesus was asleep on a pillow while the storm was raging. He was at peace, asleep on a pillow while the disciples were like, Lord, don't you care? We're about to sink. But Jesus got up and rebuked the storm. And he he told the wind, we're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Okay, when you think about somebody who was in a stressful situation, let's think about Moses and the children of Israel who've just come out of Egypt. They've come out of Egypt. Pharaoh said, go on and take you, take them and get out of here. Get it, just get out of my sight. Take your people and go. And so Moses marches a million people out or more out of, out of Egypt and they, and they go out towards the wilderness and Pharaoh changes his mind. So he and all his armies are following him. They get to the edge of the Red Sea. They can't go any further. Pharaoh is on their backside. They're between a rock and a hard place. You'd have to say that's a pretty stressful situation. But see, God had a plan. He already knew what he was going to do. He didn't bring them that far to leave them there to just get killed by Pharaoh. Didn't bring them that far to drown in the Red Sea. And I'm here to tell you today, he didn't bring you this far to let you fail now. He didn't deliver you. He didn't save you. He didn't fill you with the Holy Spirit. He didn't bring you to church this Sunday. He didn't raise you up and put you in a broad place like he He didn't do all that to let you fail now. I'm telling you, he's got a plan, a miraculous plan. And so, and so what did he do? This is what Moses said to do. It says, Moses told the people, fear not. Stand still. In other words, stop tripping. Stand still, firm, confident, and undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Look at this. For the Egyptians you've seen today, you shall never see again. Only God could do something so amazing in such a situation. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise and glory this morning. 
We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for moms today. God, we just ask you to bless every mother in this place and every mother that ever mothered us in our lives. God, we give you just so much praise and glory for it. We honor them this morning and thank you for, for raising up people to be moms to us and to, to mother us when our own mothers go to heaven. God, we just thank you that, that you always raise up somebody. And God, you're a mother to the motherless. Thank you, God, for always being there for us. And God, we just thank you for our moms. We thank you for this word that's been sown in our hearts. God, we've gotten some wisdom over stress today, some wisdom over managing ourselves and from managing fear. God, we give you praise and glory. And thank you, Lord, that your word is working mightily in us. And we are bearing fruit, and that fruit remains. So we declare a hundredfold return on this word that was sown in the good ground of our hearts today. We give you praise and glory for it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here. The wages of sin is death. But the good news of the gospel is that for God so loved, didn't plan to, st- the Bible says, if you, and so you want to be baptized and, and uh, you want to, I have a whole map that tells you everything. Right, praise the Lord. What a wonderful day so far. All right. Well, it's all for a time. All right. So this is the time in our service where we give back to God. We honor God with our tithes and with our offerings. Um, the Bible talks about how we give 10% back to God. That 10th part belongs to the app store. We've already secured the lease on this area. It's just a matter of doing the renovations and we do it all ourselves. So we do it for a lot less money. It's just our starting place.